0: Elizabeth Cady Stanton is the American visionary thinker of the 19th century, equal in intellectual stature to the two feminist greats who preceded and followed her, Mary Wollstonecraft and Simone de Beauvoir. Like them, she had the philosophical cast of mind large enough to see the thing whole, to grasp with radical speed the immensity that women's rights addressed. Each of these women, Wollstonecraft, Stanton, Beauvoir, had been an ardent partisan of a powerful intellectual movement—the Enlightenment, abolitionism, existentialism—and the contribution that each made to feminist understanding turned, appropriately enough, on an application of the central inside of the movement to which she had been devoted. Wollstonecraft urged passionately that women become rational beings Stanton, that every woman exercised governance over her own inviolable self. Beauvoir, that women ceased to be other, that is, become the central actor in their own lives. Stanton differed from the other two in that each of them wrote a single, famous-making book, at white heat, in a comparatively short time. Vindication of the Rights of Woman, over a period of a few weeks. The Second Sex, over a few years. While she, Stanton, lived within the embrace of feminist thought for half a century, thinking the matter out, decade by decade, provocation by provocation, through a series of speeches, letters, and essays, that demonstrate the preoccupation with revolutionary republicanism that led her steadily toward an ever more existential view of the human condition— it was the promise of the democracy outraged that was working in her, flaring as brightly at the end of her political life as at the beginning. Behind that enduring slow burn lies the whole strength of American liberationist movements. It is what makes them American—that unyielding sense of outrage the one that's experienced when one realizes the democracy is being held in check by virtue of class, race, or sex, is serious in this country, serious and lasting. It is responsible for the great civil rights movements of our own time. Certainly, it is responsible for the fact that modern feminism has repeatedly taken root here and not elsewhere even though its intellectual beginnings can be traced to the work of brilliant Europeans. Much as the Europeans might burn over their second-class status, it was impossible for them, from Wollstonecraft's generation to Beauvoir's, to give up their longing for inclusion in the world as men have made it. This longing has always bound them to a dividedness of will that is politically crippling. The Americans, on the other hand, were moved to harden their hearts against the romantic pull of the world as it is, and concentrate on the denial of what is promised them by right of birth—not birth into the world, birth into the American democracy. That concentration is the poetry of Elizabeth Stanton's political existence. It multiplied her insight, deepened her thought, clarified her spirit— Had she written the book, we would be reading her today, instead of John Stuart Mill, on the subjection of women. As it is, she left public life with that final address, the solitude of self, its long shadows casting back to Plato, forward to our own day. Hers was the American contribution, and it goes far to explain why feminism as a liberation movement has flourished here as nowhere else in the Western world, rising up repeatedly every fifty years or so, never reversing itself, never completing itself, always arriving out of a passion of original discovery that is both painful and stirring. When it was my turn to realize that in the eyes of the world I was only a woman, Elizabeth Stanton's was the voice that spoke most clearly to me across the intervening century.